0: Colossians chapter number 4. I'm glad that I'm saved and on my way to heaven. I hope you are too. I hope we don't ever get over the excitement and the joy that we have about it. I'm thankful that we get a home in heaven for all of eternity. That's, that's not God's mercy. God's mercy was not giving us what we deserve for our sin. But that's God's grace giving us something that we certainly did not earn or deserve, nor do we have any right to demand it of God. But He willingly gives it to us, a free uh, gift of eternal life with Him forever. And uh, my son asked me a lot of questions about heaven sometimes. And you know how you are as a young person. You think heaven's going to be everything that you like now and that you desire now. And he's thinking about all these fast cars he can have and, and uh, the, the big mansion he's going to live in. And he asked about all that. But can I tell you this? that uh, when we are changed into our glorified bodies, the joy that heaven has for us, the Bible says, that eye has not seen and hath not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath store for them to love Him. And I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to getting to heaven because I've seen some pretty magnificent things in this life and I've experienced some great things. And can I tell you this, we've never even touched the tip of the iceberg of what heaven is going to be like. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you all. Uh, I don't, I, when I was younger, I used to think, Lord, don't come back until I do this and this and this. Now I'm at the age, I think, you know what, Lord? There's nothing in this life, I don't care what it is, that I could ever experience that would be any greater than heaven. I, I was talking to Brother Bob the other day. went over to see him. And we were talking about him going home to heaven and how sure he was of, of being in heaven. And uh, I said, Brother Bob, I'm jealous of you. And he, he kind of chuckled at that and, and the pain that he was in. And they got him on a lot of morphine. He just got that kind of side smile that he does where he kind of smiles out of one side of his mouth. I said, Brother Bob, I'm kind of jealous of you. Because the truth is, unless God does something miraculous, Brother well, Bob's probably going to make it to heaven before I do. And uh, I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to it. I think we'll be excited about it. I think it ought to be something that we are so excited about. We want to do everything we can to take as many people with us as we possibly can. Uh, We need to be telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest news man has ever heard we have at our disposal. Years ago, there was a trip. I'm told that this is a true story. I I had read it somewhere, so again, I I can't validate it. But it's supposed to be a true story, but there was a uh, trio of people, three people, two men and a lady, Uh, who were going to make a trip across the Sahara Desert, and they got to the last outpost before they were to go across the desert, and they were waiting for a guide to come to help them get across. And uh, they had marked the trail through the desert uh, with 55-gallon drums uh, every so many hundred yards or so. And uh, the uh, guide was late and detained in getting there, and they were impatient. They decided that they would go on without him, and the people at the outpost said, we don't recommend it. You can get lost. And they said, well, we can see the drums. Every time you get to this drum, you can see the next one. We just stay on the path. We'll be okay. And while they were doing that, a sandstorm came up out in the middle, and they got off the trail, uh, covered the barrels up. They weren't able to see it. And they weren't very far off the trail, but they were lost in all that area of the desert. And uh, they survived for several days, and uh, but without water and the temperature, uh, they began to decline, and one, uh, one of them passed away. I believe it was the lady that passed away, perhaps first. And then one of the men passed away, and then miraculously, the uh, search and rescue party found the group just before the third man was to pass away. And they brought him back and rescued him and nurtured him back to health. And they, uh, when he got well enough to speak, they were talking to him about the trip and asking him questions about it. And they said, why is it that you survived and the other two passed away? And he said, because I knew something that they did not know. He said, I knew that before we left, we had emptied the radiator and put fresh water in the radiator. And he said, at night when we would go to sleep, I would go over and take a few sips from the radiator. They tried him in a court of law and found him guilty because he had the means to save them and He withheld it. We listen to a story like that and we say, what a travesty, what a a shame that they would have the means and yet not share it with those that were most needful of it. But the truth is, you and I have the means. We have salvation. God has given it to us to give life to all men. And How often we are guilty of having the means but not sharing. it. I believe some of the great tears that God will have to wipe away in heaven are going to be tears of regret. When we begin to realize and understand fully what God could have used us to do in reaching people, but He could not because of our lack of willingness. Let's look, if you will, in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Paul is writing here and he says, But I would not have you... Verse number 13, I'm sorry. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse number 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, meaning those that have died before, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain Father, we pray once again that You'll bless and use the message, speak to hearts, and I pray that You would help us to understand the urgency of the hour. Lord, help us to be burdened and to have compassion on the lost. Lord, open our eyes. We live in such a cynical day, in a day where we are increased in goods. We feel and think that we have need of nothing. There is a tendency to become apathetic and to become uh, unconcerned with those that are around us that do not know if they were to die that they would go to heaven. I pray, Lord, that You would revitalize that burden in our hearts. That There would be a drive and a desire within us to do all that we can to share the gospel, the greatest news that any man has ever heard. And then that Your Holy Spirit would go before us preparing hearts and empower us as we labor and do the work that You've given us to do in this life. I pray that You would help use us to do all that we can to reach as many as we can before it's too late. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love preaching on the topic of heaven. This is usually a passage that if I preach a funeral... we go to the graveside. Many times I'll read this passage of Scripture. It is of great comfort to Christians, isn't it? To know the Bible says that we are not to sorrow, even as others which have no hope. I was talking a few weeks ago to Joanne Clark, and her concern was, she said, I, I hate to cry with Brother Larry gone because it is a poor testimony. People may think that I'm crying because I'm, I'm sorrowful for him or I don't know where he's at. She said, I don't, want, I don't want people to misunderstand my sorrow. And I said, "Miss Joanne, God didn't tell us not to sorrow. He just told us not to sorrow as others which have no hope. We can sorrow, but isn't it wonderful as a Christian that you and I can sorrow and yet rejoice all at the same time? And while we as a human love our loved ones when they go before us and our hearts are sorrowful in that we're going to miss them and that, that thing that was there is now vacant in our hearts and in our lives, And while it does bring physical pain and emotional pain to us, we can rejoice to know that there is a a, a time that we will be reunited one day. And the next time we get together in heaven, we know we will never have to say goodbye to Him ever again. Isn't that a wonderful comfort to those that are Christians? In fact, it's so much so that Paul, at the end of this passage, says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. These are things we ought to be sharing one with another. These are things we ought to talk about while we have time to talk about them and to be able to encourage (coughs) and uplift one another with the idea that one of these days we will be able to be in heaven for all of eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice he says here in verse number 14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. means we're not going to go before them. But the Lord Himself, verse number 16, For the Lord Himself shall...